Amen. Let's make our confession. This is our year of jubilee. We expect manifestations of the Holy Ghost and power. We believe for financial miracles and miracles of healing in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I'm going to start this morning in John chapter 16. Jesus is talking to the disciples about the time that they were entering into. He's about to go to the cross and give his life. John chapter 16, verse 13. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father has hath are mine, therefore said I, that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. Jesus is explaining to the disciples about the day that they're entering into, which is the, we know of as the church age. But they're not glad to hear the things that he's saying. They're grieved for sorrow, the scripture says. Jesus tells them, it's better for you that I go away because if I don't go away, the comforter can't come. It strikes me as odd how that the disciples, after being with Jesus for three years, experiencing all the miracles and all the wonderful things that he did, they didn't know what they had. They're sorrowful, overcome with sorrow because he's going away. But Jesus said it's better for them that he does go away. One of the things that the Lord impressed upon me about 13 years ago was to trust the Holy Spirit to be my guide into healing. John 16, 13 calls the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth. That word truth is the word reality. So I began to trust the Holy Ghost and make confession to the effect that the Holy Ghost was guiding me into the reality of my healing. Now, there are different ways to minister healing. 
And so the reason that I involved the Holy Ghost in my healing process is so that I didn't miss God by assuming or thinking that things were always the same. In James chapter 1, I'm going to start reading in verse 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patient, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Now, folks, the Bible says that Jesus is made unto us wisdom. So if he's made unto us wisdom, how could we lack wisdom? This is talking about if any of you lack wisdom in the particular hard place or tribulation that they're involved in. There's a story in Mark chapter 7 of a woman that receives her healing for her daughter because of her faith. In verse 31, it says, And again, departing from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, he came into the coast of, under the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coast of Decapolis, and they brought unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech, and they besought him to put his hand upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers into his ears, and he spit and touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and said unto him, Epaphra, that is, be open. And straightway the ear, his ears were open, and the string of his tongue was loosed, and he spake plain. Now, folks, can somebody explain to me what exactly are the healing properties in spit? There are several instances where Jesus spit on the ground and he made clay of the spittle, the Bible said, and he put it on a blind man's eyes and had him go wash off in the pool of Siloam. There are other times where Jesus spit and put his, his fingers in the ears, just like this guy in Mark chapter 7. 
Brother Hagen used to tell the story of a fellow that was a deacon in an Assembly of God church, and God impressed upon him to minister to the sick. Well, he did. And he had zero results of the people that he was able to, to track down and minister. He laid hands on them and nobody was healed. So he was tremendously discouraged, as you might imagine. But the burden of what God wanted him to do wouldn't lift. He still had it in his heart. So he made it a matter of prayer. And the next sick person he came to, he asked God to show him what to do to bring about healing for this individual. And the Lord told him to spit. This man wasn't a real educated man. And so when the Lord told him to spit, he just lined himself up with this guy's face and spit all over him. And the guy was instantly healed. And so from that point on, whenever this guy would minister to the sick, He'd spit on them. And folks, this turned out to be a big deal. He was a farmer who had to lease out his farm because he was so busy ministering to the sick. He didn't have time to take care of his own property. And that's how he ministered to Everybody. He had just spit on him. And everybody he spit on got healed. I want you to look with me in the Old Testament. To Second Chronicles chapter thirty. It tells the story of how Hezekiah was made king. And he was made aware of some of the things that God had directed Israel to do that they had not done. They had gotten out of the will of God. And Hezekiah called for the, the word of God and he came across in the, in the passages of the word that he read, he came 
came across when the Passover was initiated by God to be kept by Israel. This is 700 years after the Passover, the first Passover took place. And Israel had gotten away from keeping the law of God. And so Hezekiah sent forth a decree stating that they were going to keep the Passover and called everybody to join join with him. And there were those that refused to join in the Passover. But it says that Hezekiah prayed that every person would be pardoned. And in 2 Chronicles chapter 30, verse 20, it said, And the Lord hearkened to Hezekiah and healed the people. You remember when the Passover was instituted, God was going to execute judgment upon Egypt. And everybody whose house had blood on the doorpost and the lentils was spared. But everybody that did not have the blood on the doorpost the firstborn was killed or died in what the Bible calls a pestilence. And in the original Passover, they were instructed to take a lamb, prepare it a certain way, and to eat the lamb for the strength of their journey. And the Bible says that God brought them forth with silver and gold and there was not one weak or sick person among them. So these are times when millions of people were made available the healing power of God was made, avail- made available to them. Again, in verse 20, and the Lord hearkened to Hezekiah and healed the people. Now answer me this. What healing properties are in the Passover meal? There was a time when Jesus went to his home and the people of that place knew that he was home and so they crowded up into into his house and it tells us of four guys that were carrying their friend on a cot and they couldn't get into the house 
where Jesus was. So they went up on the roof and started taking off the roof and lowered him down. The Bible says when Jesus saw their faith, he ministered healing to them. He said, rise, take up your bed and walk. And the man immediately picked up his bed. Well, then there has to be healing properties in what we call the Lord's Supper. Now, in that story where the four guys took the roof off and lowered him down, lowered the friend down to, to where Jesus was, the Bible goes on to say that the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The power of the Lord was present to heal them, but nobody mixed faith with it. And so nobody else in that crowd, in that house full of people, received anything from God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul writes, of things that the Lord showed him or delivered to him. Beginning in verse 17, 1 Corinthians eleven seventeen. Now in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not that you come together, not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you and I partly believe it. For there must also be heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. When you come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, every one taketh before other his own supper, and one is hungry and another is drunken. What? Have you not houses to eat and to, and to drink in? Or despise you the church of God and shame them that have not? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. Folks, Paul is saying that God told him something specific about the church at Corinth and the keeping of the Lord's Supper. The first thing that he criticizes them for or corrects them about is that they're coming together and making every church dinner the Lord's Supper. And that's not the way it's supposed to work. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. 
Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. The healing properties in the Lord's Supper can work either for you or against you. He identifies to the Corinthians that the cause of many people who are weak and sickly among you and even people that have died prematurely is because they fail to recognize the power of the things of God. They fail to discern the Lord's body. Now, what does discerning the Lord's body mean? Well, there's two ways that the Lord's body is spoken of in the New Testament. One is his physical body that was broken for the people of God. The body that took stripes upon him. So not discerning the Lord's body in that way would be failing to recognize that blood was shed by Jesus from his own flesh. to provide healing for your physical body and mine. Isaiah 53, verse 4, says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our pains. Other translations translate that. Surely he has carried our pains and borne our sickness. Well, if you fail to recognize that, if you fail to honor God for the price that Jesus paid, including healing for the physical body, if you fail to recognize that, then it opens the door to weakness and sickness. And he identifies specifically to the Corinthians, this is why some people are subject to sickness and disease. And it's even caused the premature death of some in the church. Now the other way, the second way that the Bible talks about the Lord's body is the church. So I guess we could say if you fail to recognize or discern the body of Christ, it can bring or make you subject to sickness and disease as well.
the Bible says we just read that the scripture says that when we partake of the the Lord's Supper, we do show the Lord's death until he comes. Well, we know he's coming at the end of the church age. So from now to the end of the church age when Jesus comes back for us, there's a window of opportunity to receive your healing through the the partaking of the elements of the Lord's Supper. So we could truly ask, what are the healing properties of the Lord's Supper? We have a situation that includes every time we partake of the Lord's Supper with the right attitude. We have a, high, a power from heaven itself that will provide physical healing for the body Showing the Lord's death doesn't just refer to the fact that we recognize that Jesus died, but also that we recognize what he died for. To what degree did Jesus pay the price for sickness and disease? Isaiah said, surely he has borne our sickness and carried our pain. Is there any sickness or disease that Jesus didn't pay for? Well, then to the extent of Jesus' sacrifice, we have available to us healing properties that will cure every sickness and drive out every disease from our physical bodies.
if we apply Paul's reasoning to the modern day church, it's no wonder that the modern day, the present day church is full of sickness and disease for the same reason that Paul identifies for the Corinthians, a failure to discern the Lord's body, a failure to discern, to understand and to claim by faith the healing power that he expressed and made available to us through the partaking of the Lord's Supper. Folks, we have as great a right, and in my opinion, a greater right to believe for healing for every person and every sickness and every disease, even more so than Hezekiah did. Hezekiah was looking forward to the promise of what we have gained access to through the finished work of Jesus. It seems that the Lord intended for the church to be a sickness and a disease-free zone. Folks, stop and think about that for a minute. If Jesus paid the price for every sickness and every disease, and that price of health is available to us through the simply partaking of the Lord's Supper, then what was God's original plan for what the church should look like? I believe we can establish definitively that God intended his people to be free from sickness and disease. Now, if, that, if that was God's intent or if that was his will for any point in time for his people, then it is his same intent, his same desire, and his same will for us to be free from sickness and disease today. We're going to partake of the Lord's Supper.
But let's put the emphasis on healing. Time had come to sacrifice again. My two small sons, they walked beside me on the road. The reason that they came was to watch the lamb. What will we see there? There's so much we don't understand. I told them of Moses and Father Abraham. Then I said, dear children, watch the Lamb. There will be so many in Jerusalem today And we must be sure the Lamb doesn't run away Then I told them of Moses and Father Abraham then I said, dear children, watch the lamb. When we reached that city, I knew something must be wrong. There were no joyful worshipers, no joyful worship songs. I stood there with my children of angry men Then I heard the crowd cry out
try to leave the city but we could not get away forced to play in this drama a part I did not wish to play while born this day were men condemned to die Soon they would pass by I looked and I saw Even now they come The first one cried for mercy But the people gave him none The second one was violent Arrogant and loud I can still hear his angry voice screaming at the crowd. Then someone said, there's Jesus. I scarce believed my eyes. A man so badly beaten, he barely looked alive. Blood poured from his body From the thorns upon his brow Running down the cross Falling to the ground I watched him as he struggled I watched him as he fell The cross came down upon his back crowd began to yell in that moment I felt such agony in that moment I felt such loss until a Roman soldier grabbed my arm and said you carry his cross to resist him then his hand reached for his sword so I knelt and I took the cross from my Lord placed it on my shoulder and started down the street the blood he was shedding now rolling down my cheeks It led us to Golgotha Drove the nails deep in his feet and hands And on the cross I heard him pray Father, please forgive them Never had I seen such love any other eyes into thy hands I commit my spirit he prayed and then he died I stood what seemed like years I'd lost all sense of time till I felt two tiny hands holding tight to mine 
My children stood there weeping. I heard the oldest say, Father, please forgive us, but the lamb ran away. Daddy, daddy, what have we seen here? There's so much we don't understand. I took them in my arms. We turned and faced the cross. Then I said, dear children, watch the First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. Paul says, For I received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Folks, we have divine intervention that takes place through the apostle Paul. divine intervention revelation from God to cure the people at Corinth so that they would no longer be deprived of the healing power of God the healing properties of this Lord's Supper but rather instruction that when complied with would bring healing to each and every person in the body of Christ. So the same night in which the Lord was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Father, we take this bread and we declare our faith in the healing properties of this bread. Father, we thank you that you laid sickness and disease on Jesus so that when we reach out by faith we take unto ourselves the healing power of Jesus 
Jesus, we partake of your healing power as we partake of this bread. After the same manner also, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Lord, we take this cup and we rejoice in your righteousness that was made unto us. Father, that the blood of Jesus makes us righteous, and the stripes of Jesus, thank you, Lord Jesus, makes us healed from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. Blessed be your holy name. I'm made righteous by the blood and I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus our Lord and Savior Amen Amen Folks, happy Easter Let's finish with our confession again. This is our year of jubilee. We expect manifestations of the Holy Ghost in power. We believe for financial miracles and miracles of healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, folks. Have a great day.